date to your potential, inspiring, educating, and empowering single members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Our hosts are Peggy Matheson, betrayal trauma recovery expert, and Sharon Collier, certified life and relationship coach. All right, everybody, welcome to episode 73, Building Lasting Relationships. Uh, We're going to talk through just kind of a lot of different components about building lasting relationships. What does that really take? really important. So this all came from, number one, I've done a lot of conferences and things, a lot of my research, but this has also come from a lot of clients. And I've compiled several bullet points. (laughs) So... Yay! <laughs> We're going to talk about what it takes to build lasting relationships, not superficial, not something that's just going to kind of, you know, not cuffing season relationships. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which we're in right now. We are in cuffing. Uh, yes. Uh, my son is waiting for his college buddy to come back and room with him because she's been in Tennessee. And he's like, yeah, she just, just overnight, she's in a relationship. And I'm like, oh, yeah, cuffing season. That's right. She cuffing has a bo- season she is, has a boyfriend. is when you is when you kind of pair off for pair the holidays. Off just for the holidays. <laughs> yes. So, no, we're talking about the deep lasting stuff. So, of course, we're going to start with love and self-love. Because, of course, we know that you can't love another person if you do not love yourself. We did a whole podcast on this, right? Yes. Love thy neighbor as thyself. It's a commandment. It is. By the way. It is. Um, So, of course, we need to be able to love ourselves. And so, whatever you need to do, we're going to talk about um, some self-care things little in a minute but uh, whatever you need to do to get to yourself to a place of self-love now if you're if you're if you don't have a lot of positive self-talk about yourself this is part of the way that you can become aware yes of your self-love now that doesn't mean you're never going to say anything bad about yourself you're never going to struggle again and again and maybe again but that you have compassion on that struggle oh yes that you are recognizing that you are worthy of love Well, I think part of self-love really is giving yourself a lot of grace. You know, we're here to have the human experience. I'm struggling with that, but thank you. Yes, you know, (laughs) it's like, you know, it's like we're here to have the human experience and to grow and learn. And we need to give ourselves a ton of grace. A lot of grace. I think that's the biggest part in our journey is learning to give ourselves grace. We're not going to be perfect. We're striving. Self-forgiveness. Yes, we're striving. So we need to work on self-love, but we are going to talk about self-care in just a minute. Okay, more on love. Know and speak each other's love languages, okay? We talk about this a lot. We do. There's a whole book on love languages. (laughs) We need to know. We need to not guess or assume what their love language is. We need to ask them what their love language is and how we need to show up speaking that language. And I would like to add that maybe there's more ways other than just the five that may be a love language, like somebody, yes. like so many times I hear people say, oh, food, that's my love language. I, yes. I saw a post yes. on Facebook where guys were like, oh, if she fixes food for me. I'm there. Right. Right. So, you know, it could be different things, but just ex- how do they feel loved? Yes. What is it that you do yes. or say, or how are you being? And how would, can you show up for yeah, that? Yes. Show up for that. Yes. Um, and then of course we need to have all the components of love. We start making out with somebody and we feel all these chemicals and we think it's love or we get really attached to somebody and they're talking about breaking up and we think, no, 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 I'm going to, 
to die, you know, and we think that's love. So love is more than that. We know that, right? We know it's attraction and attachment. We already know that. Admiration. What do you admire about this person? Respect. It's reciprocation. Are you really in love if it's not being reciprocated? So love is all sorts of wonderful and beautiful things. It's not just the chemical reaction. Yes, the mushy, the romance, you know, the things like that. So we need to make sure, of course, that, you know, there is love involved. The next one is friendship. How do you feel about friendship? Who? Oh, Peggy's getting married, by the way. You announced it. <laughs> well, I you am. announced it. <laughs> I did, like, but not on the podcast. Yes. <laughs> she flashed a big ring on Facebook. Yeah. Yeah. I think friendship is critical. Absolutely critical. You, you need to, and, and I have a friend who, uh, a, a couple that just got married, a couple of friends of mine um, back in September that he was saying, you know, they have a time where it's like, we're going to have a conversation and we're going to just be friends right now. Yeah. So that you can bring up maybe uncomfortable topics and say, can you be in a friend space with me yes. rather than being in the intimacy, romantic space, you're my lover kind of thing. Right. And, um, and that's can be really valuable. That's a really valuable yes. tool to have. Well, I bring up you because I've watched you be really good friends with your fiance if you want to divulge his name or yeah. not since I just popped the announcement <laughs> for you. Yeah, Jay and I have been I really mean, best he's friends. really good friends and yeah. he's always been when we broke and we've broken up we've broken up a little bit over the year two years almost two years that we've known each other. So, um yeah, it's been critical to just yes. be friends to and just, to yeah. have that foundation mm-hmm. to know that we have respect kindness, um, all of that, that's the foundation of of our relationship, no matter what it looks like. Right. So, yeah. And the the other thing, I want to bring this up here. Um, Years ago, in the middle of my marriage, when things were really, really rough, I was searching. And one of the things that came up was, you need to have a sense of humor in your relationship. Yes. And this is like a critical piece of it. Mm -hmm. I know, I know a lot of women and this has been big for me too. I want a guy who's going to make me laugh. Right. I want to make him laugh too. Right. Yeah. You know, it's so, it, it just brings such a lightheartedness. So when you're going through struggles in your relationship, which everybody will, you can have a sense of humor that you've hopefully have nurtured in the relationship. And that can really help keep you at a lighter place when things, and that's kind of the friendship piece of it. It's like, remember when we were friends and we used to just buddy around and we would laugh, blah, blah, blah. So bringing that into consciously bringing that into the relationship is a, can be a critical part of handling those challenging times. Yes. Oh, for sure. Um, other components I thought of because we need to treat, you know, our partner like our best friend. And you think girls, the girl bestie element, and even with guy besties, you know, all those elements that we have, all those elements we have with, you know, and laughter is a big part of that. I mean, really. Um, so I had inside jokes. So thank you for contributing <laughs> that. Um, keeping up on each other's lives. Yeah. You know, how often are you in a relationship and things are busy and it's like you're you're squeezing in time for each other and stuff. Make sure you're keeping on it. Know what's what's the what in your partner's life. Right. Right. Um, Knowing their favorite things. 
Can you have a bestie without knowing all their favorite things Mm -hmm. or knowing their hopes and dreams? You know, what do they want to be when they grow up at 55? (laughs) (laughs) And remembering special days. Yes. Okay. All these components of friendship, we need to make sure that if we did it with our best bestie in high school, that we're, you know, having that kind of friendship with our partner. Yeah. It makes it yummy in a different way. It makes it... It just, it creates a, a, a great foundation. It really does. For all of the romance and intimacy and all that well, other stuff. Well, and I think it's going to help with communication and, and all sorts of other of the elements that we're talking about. So that would be friendship. Next one I want to talk about is self-care. Okay, now everybody always thinks of bubble baths and pedicures and things when I talk about self-care, right? Yeah. <laughs> So we need to be taking care of ourselves, right, before we can help take care of others. Because, you know, this can be an ongoing process. I mean, an ongoing it is an ongoing process, but it can be an ongoing reminder that we have to continue continue to remind ourselves, oh, maybe what's missing here is I gotta take care of myself. Which would look like for me, one of the things is journaling. And I haven't been journaling, and I need to get back to it's journaling. It's such a good way for self-improvement. Oh, journaling, yeah. oh my gosh. Well, and to also get my thoughts down on the page and just kind of understand what... Because sometimes it's, it's like having a best friend right there reflecting back to you, you know, right. when you write it, for me anyway. so Well, it's a good way to see your progression. And um, when I taught preschool, we do a journal page. And the kids would scribble something at the beginning of the year. And I'd say, well, what is that? And then they'd tell me, and I'd write it down. Well, by the end of the year, the pictures started taking form and they weren't a scribbly mess. And you could actually see what it was when I'm writing down, you know, tell me about your picture, writing it down. We watched the improvement over the whole year in picture form with four-year-olds. And it's the same idea. It's like, it's a great way to see our progression. It is. It's so So good. Journaling, we both. (laughs) Self-awareness is so good. Big advocates. Okay. So taking care of ourselves means taking care of our own mental health. That is right. Yes. What do you need? Do you need to breathe? Do you need to go to therapy? Do you need yes. some space? Do you need to take? Uh, do you need to just take a day and do nothing? Right. Um, other things I thought of: your introvert or your extrovert needs. Okay. And this is something you should understand about each other. If your partner is an introvert and you are an extrovert, you are two different people. And you are going to recharge differently and you need to give each other time and space, you know, to do that. Um, I'm an extrovert. My extrovert needs are to go out and be social. Where an introvert's needs are to be social on their terms, you know, and maybe that means a quiet lunch or a dinner of four people or, you know, just a phone call where an extrovert's like, where's the party, right? (laughs) Right? So taking care of those needs, Um, taking care of our spiritual needs and our spiritual practices, because we all are spiritual beings, our physical fitness, taking care of our own bodies and pampering, you know, we do. If you need to pamper yourself, (laughs) that bath and those nails, yes, yes, go (laughs) do it. Um, But the foundation of a healthy relationship is two healthy people. That's right. And we need to take responsibility for ourselves and bring our own healthy self to the table. And be able to express that. Yes. To the other person 
when it when the time is you know when you're like hey you know what I think's going on here is I need some space yeah that's often what I say it's like yeah. I need some space yes or I need I just need you know whatever it is yes. and 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 communicate that right and we partner. need to be a safe place for our partner to communicate to us and we're going to talk a lot about I had a whole page of communication yeah <laughs> so we're going to talk a lot about communication in a minute okay the next one is super important. The next one is commitment. So I've asked a lot of people over the last few days what commitment means. And I'm going to tell you, Peggy knew the right answer. <laughs> She's the only one. Ding, 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 ding. Right? Oh, <laughs> she is the only one. Seriously. You are oh the only gosh. one. And people like commitment. That's being faithful to each other, which it is. Yes. Um, so I, I, I just, I proposed this to Peggy earlier. I said, you have the commitment. I just made a lunch commitment. So somebody else asks you to lunch on Wednesday and you go, oh no, I have another commitment because you committed to that person to go to lunch. Okay. Or you have like the commitment where you're committed to the mental institution and you are there daily. So everybody's <laughs> going to remember this. Think mental institution. institution. You're there Commitment daily. is a daily thing. Commitment is not just a declaration, okay, or a definition. We're not just going to define the relationship and say, yes, we are in a committed relationship no. and not date anybody else, or now we're married, so we're, you know, faithful to each other, okay? It's showing up every single day. Well, what I said, if I can share, yes. is that I don't have any space for other things. I'm not keeping any openings. I don't have something in my back pocket going, I'm going to do this. Right. If this, you know, I'm all in. Yes. I'm all in. I'm all, all committed in. here. That doesn't mean there, there aren't moments of doubt or questioning or wondering or whatever, but I'm like, my, my, my will is to be here with you Always, day in day, and day, day out. out. Yes. So I think it's like, it's bringing the best effort you've got for that day. Because like Brene Brown said, you know, have you, I'm sure everybody's seen this little video on Facebook if you're on social media where she's, you know, it's like, what percent can you bring to the table today? Talking to her husband. Talking to right. her husband. Yeah, yeah. Like what percent? So if I come home and I'm like, honey, I'm at 20 and he's like, that's okay. Cause I'm at 80. So you, you work know? together. So you work together on this because some days your best effort is going to be minimal. Yeah. But you know, we want to be, um, we want to be give and take right. on that. Do you want to know that you have a container yes. where you are in this container with the other person and you're both in it 100%? That's commitment. Yeah. Right? So then like Brene, one of the things she said is if he comes in at 20 and she comes in at 20, they're like, okay, we got to figure out what yes. we're going to do. Yeah. What, what are we going to do about cause, this? Because something's yeah. not going to, you know, it's something's like, going to yeah. fall through the cracks. It's like tonight is, tonight is Big Macs and going to bed early. <laughs> right. If you're both at 20%. Right. right? Um, but you know, give and take is not one-sided. It's like you have to give and you have to take and you can't take more than the other person has to give. You can't right. suck somebody dry. That is, you know, sucking somebody dry, it's not a healthy relationship. So right. make sure that it's give and take. Um, so commitment is what? It's understanding. It's empathy. It's service. It's support. And it's a lot of forgiveness. Yeah, accessing, using the, the tools, the principles of the gospel, forgiveness. Yes. Um, and self-forgiveness as well. We've talked about that, yes. forgiveness. Um, what was the other thing you said? 
before we were talking about forgiveness and grace grace giving yourself grace it's kind of a similar thing yeah yeah so this is commitment so when you're in a committed relationship it's not just because you named it and we need to always remember that <laughs> okay it's daily commitment is a daily effort okay did we did we did we knock that into everybody <laughs> Bam. <laughs> You're right. Okay. The next one is appreciation. Okay. How much do you appreciate your partner? Do you think about the things that you appreciate about your partner? And because, do you share that with them? Right? Well, everybody wants to be appreciated. Yeah. And, you know, I there's this, the Facebook meme comes up all the time. Um, people who are appreciated will do more than expected. And I thought, what a beautiful thing if both partners feel appreciated and they're yeah. both doing more yeah. than is expected. Well, I want to add in here, too, that feeling needed is important. Yeah. So when someone appreciates you and appreciates what you've done, you feel like, oh, maybe I'm making a difference in the world. Maybe I'm going to make course. a difference in their yes. life and I feel needed. I feel important. Yes. You know? So expressing that and using their love language, yes. however do it, maybe. That was the next you one. Know, I mean, yeah. it, you know, it needs to be expressed probably, you know, with words for sure. But it right. can be an expre expressed with affection. It can be, you know, and words. It can be expressed with gifts and words. Yes. It can be expressed Quality with... Quality time. Yeah, and yes. words. Special dates. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, it's just really important to be able to express appreciation the, person, the way the person would, you know, want to receive it. Words of affirmation, people, that's the easiest. <laughs> You're so great. Thank yeah. you so much. Yeah. I don't know what I would do without you. You know, where gifts, you know, people have a different idea of gifts because to me, my husband used to bring me a baby Ruth bar when he was at the gas station. And it was just because he was thinking of me. And a gift doesn't have to be a big thing. It was like, oh, that's my favorite. Thank you. Like he knew my favorite and he brought, you know, and so right. gifts don't have to be a grand thing. Someone did something nice for him. Do not go out and buy them a bicycle. <laughs> Right. You if, know, if someone bought, did something nice right. for you. Yes. You know, so yeah, speak the love language when you're showing appreciation. Very important. All right. Expectations. Expectations can be the biggest relationship killer, I swear. When I talk to divorced people and some widowed um, that had complicated marriages, um, expectations really... Um, are a big thing. Um, so different backgrounds and upbringings produce expectations. Yes, expectations or different expectations. When you come from different backgrounds, and I was telling Peggy, I used this example earlier, maybe the husband came from a background where dad cheated a lot or never had a job. And so his expectation for the relationship and his way of showing love is, I'm going to provide for my family and provide well, and I'm never going to cheat on my wife. Where the wife came from this really loving family, the picture-perfect hallmark, where mom and dad were cute and affectionate, and her expectation from the marriage is this hallmark movie, mom's pinching dad's butt, and they're chasing each other <laughs> around the kitchen, and, you know? So we bring this together, and the expectations are going to kill this marriage if they are never spoken. Right. And there's a lot of unspoken expectations, which just build resentments. When you don't speak what you want, 
or what you thought you wanted. So a big phrase I hear when I'm coaching is, I just thought. And we've talked about this before, I think, in previous episodes. I just thought when I started losing weight and getting into shape that she would want to do that too. Yeah. You know, I just catch your stories that you're telling. Yes. What are your stories you're telling about the relationship you're in now or the relationships you want to be in? And be open to receive and have the conversation that they have different stories. Yes. They have different expectations. And I think super important to share these. I think there is a lot of assumption that goes on. You know, there is, and it's just not fair. But we all tend to do it and not express it. And then there's unreasonable expectations. You know, um, my mom was a hoarder and my husband's mom kept a mausoleum. Like, I remember, you know, running back in her house to grab a binky after a visit and she's picking up sock fuzz off the carpet. Or they had the vacuum out. I'm like, are you kidding? You couldn't wait till tomorrow morning? You know, it's like eight o'clock at night. So the expectations, you know, were different for us too. So I think a lot of expectations need to um, come with a lot of empathy and understanding. But then there's some unreasonable ones like um, my husband joked, but I always wondered if he was serious. He goes, I thought after we were married, we'd be having sex twice a day. And I'm like, well, who does that? You know, unless you're in like a little snow chalet and like, you know, the Swiss Alps and there's nothing to do. Right. You know. (laughs) If there weren't responsibilities and life to live. And people being tired. Right. You know. So, you know, you need to make sure your expectations are real. If you both work full time, you know, you need to talk about what roles each other are going to play. And you can't just expect it would be a good idea yeah. that, you know, because the woman's the woman that she is going to be doing all the housework and all the meal prep and, and all that stuff, because it's like you're both working full time. So there's unrealistic expectations, too. And sometimes those are <laughs> spoken and they shouldn't be. This should be conversations. And when I say conversations, that means both people are talking. That means it shouldn't be a demand. It's yes. It's going back and forth. So, um, but make sure, make sure that the stories you're telling in your head, these expectations are not ruining your relationship. They need to be spoken. They need to be discussed. And you need to make them conscious in your own head first, because I think some people aren't even conscious. They're not being aware. Yes. Self-awareness of what your thoughts are, what your expectations are. And, you know, think about it. Think about it in terms of, you know, the physical, emotional, spiritual. Yeah financial relationships, just think about it and organizing it for yourself so that you are aware of your expectations and can speak those out. Yes. Well, and then, like I said, the understanding and the empathy, know where the other person came from. Someone who grew up in a hoarder house is not going to immediately be a neat freak. Right. You know, they're not going to be the level of (laughs) the perfect housekeeper, you know? Well, and here's something I've Um, I wanted to interject, and this seems like the right place, is allow the other person to influence you. Yes. Allow them, open yourself up, and of course, trust needs to be there, and we're going to talk about that. Of course. But we hope that that is a part of the relationship. Then open yourself up to be influenced, to let go of your thoughts, to let go of your expectations, to, 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 to be present with what the other person has to offer you in the relationship. Yes. For sure. 
All right, moving on to communication. <laughs> this is a big one. I have a whole page. So, couple things first. If you think that having a certain conversation with your significant other will cause them to leave or maybe even like blow up, you should reevaluate this relationship. Okay, relationships should not be about walking on eggshells, right? Yes. Okay, I'm just going to clarify something. In an adult relationship, there is no such thing as picking your battles. Right. Okay, we are grown-ups, okay? That is for your children. You pick battles with your children until they are old enough to understand boundaries and consequences and things. But as adults, we should never say we're picking our battles with anyone. Yeah, we hope that that's not a part of your relationship. Right. If that is a part of your relationship, I hope you're moving towards helping that your relationship so that you don't have to be in that position. Right. And this is where boundaries and other things come up. And I'm not going to talk a ton about boundaries, but communication does involve boundaries. Conflict resolution, you know, a lot oftentimes does require um, boundaries. Okay. Another misconception is quote unquote, working on your relationship. Oh, we just need to be more patient with each other. Oh, we just need to be more this working on your relationship does not mean brushing stuff under the rug. Oh, so you're, you know, you're saying people are just going, oh, we'll just let this slide. We're just going to let this slide. This is another pick. I'm just going to pick my battles, okay? Working on a relationship has nothing to do with ignoring the issues no. or brushing them under right. the rug. Working on the relationship is putting it in front of you where you can see it and communicate about it, not, not just being patient and loving and kind with stuff that isn't working yes. and that's not okay. No, it's not okay. Um, so the recommendation is practice good communication early on in the relationship. Well, practice it right now. You know, yes. In any relationship it, that Every you relationship have, needs good communication. You come to the table with good communication skills. If you've been practicing them, you should be practicing them in all your relationships. Yes. So I have a child on the spectrum. And a lot of times he's very reactive to things that I have to say. So I will ask him, can we have a conversation, a calm conversation? Because I need to tell you some things and you need to not react. Because as soon as you react, the conversation's over. And he's like, oh, okay. Like as soon as he knows that, you know, it's like, I'm going to stay calm. It's not going to be a battle. As soon as he knows that, he's very calm and he's very receptive. You know, yeah. but I think most people would be. And you've learned how to communicate effectively with him. With him, yes, because he's, he's a little different. He's a little different to communicate with. But, you know, when I try to have a conversation with any of my kids, it's like, can we talk through this calmly? Right. You know, I don't want to fight with you. And I've, I've said this. I just want to clarify, like, um, was having a discussion with Jay the other day, and I just said, I just want to clarify that we are on the same team. And it wasn't yes. because he was acting like that. It's that I needed to say that because yes. it didn't feel that way in my marriage. Right. That we were on the same team. Right. But I just said, for myself, I want to be really clear here. We are on the same team. Yes. And I, you know, this is all in love and trust and all of that. Right. So it, which, which it was. I just want, I just had, for me, like I said, I had to clarify that. 
Right. So our tendency is to please the other person, especially early in relationships. What We want to please the other person. Things are going so well. Why would we stir the waters, right? Um, and so hard conversations don't happen because there's never just a good time, right? And, you know, like you can tell us some of the hard conversations. I'm sure most people know money, um, intimacy if you're married, raising children, in-laws, um, household chores. There's a whole bunch of things that become hard conversations, maybe if they're let go. So if you can talk about them early in the relationship, you know, money is a big one. You know, how do we handle that? You know, if this goes the distance. So, well, some of the hard conversations could be personality conflicts, the way people do things differently. It can be the amount of connection you want in the relationship and being able to say no when you don't want that kind of connection. Those can be hard conversations oh, yeah. too. So start them early. Yes. Jump in. Yes. Look for authenticity and honesty in, in yourself and with the other person. It's a great litmus test to see if the relationship really is, is yeah. gonna is gonna be is gonna go the distance. It's gonna yeah. be flexible, right? Yeah. That you can they can handle that kind of honesty. Right. Well, and then you can decide in advance how you want to communicate. Absolutely. You know, it's we've like, talked about you know, this before. Yes, like if have. there's, you know, set it up. If there's a conflict, how do you want to, how do you want that to look? Right. What, do you, what, what are the words that work for you? How, when, what's yes. the timing that works for you? Yes. You know, how are we going to do this if there's something that comes up that we need to have a challenging conversation? Right. Right. Um, and maybe that takes for both of you a weekly check-in. You know, yeah. let's, let's, let's do our weekly check-in. You know, how are things going? How are you feeling about the relationship kind of thing? That's a really great idea because I think there's so many times when we stop communicating when things are not going well. Right. And I think that's a great idea to have a structure. Mm -hmm. And you, you know, can, maybe you that's once a week, maybe that's once a month for some people because they're just good communicators. Yeah, or maybe it's once a day, depending on what's going on. Yeah, yeah. You know, how are you feeling? What's going on? You know, talk to me about what happened today or what happened this week. Anything that's bothering you? Do we need to clean up any messes or, you know, or you maybe you need to, you know, share something that's been bothering you. Right. But having that structure in place, what a great idea. Yeah. And, you know, people are confusing, right? Sometimes people, their behavior is confusing. So always remember clarify. to clarify. Yes. Yeah. Clarify. You know, ask, is that, you know, wow, that just came out and it sounded kind of bad to me. You know, do you want to clarify that statement? Or that was unusual behavior in my world? Um, can you, you know, clarify for that, you know, that for me? Because I'm in a state of confusion. So clarifying is really, really important. Asking okay. questions, such a yes. good thing. Yes. Okay, deciding in advance, we just talked about this, how you're going to handle conflict. Okay, maybe that is a weekly meeting. Maybe that's like, you know what, we gotta go, we gotta go do a table talk. You know, let's get away from the kids because we need to have a discussion. How are you going to handle conflict? Because conflict should never be, um, being reactive. We're all grown-ups. We don't need to be reactive, right? We right. don't need to go to name-calling or right. deliberate insults. We don't need to do the silent treatment. Or right. We don't we need to raise our voices. You know, how are we going to do this without doing the ugly? Yeah, how we, that's maturity. That's yes. called being, being mature. And if you fall off that wagon, so to speak, 
if you if you end up doing those things, just be willing to own it and, yes. and step forward and apologize and say, you know what, that's not how I really want to be in this relationship. Can we have a do-over here? Right. Can we try this again? And and you'll know if the relationship, you know, if the relationship is, you know, if that's going to work or not. There's a lot of flexibility right. in that relationship. There's a lot of trust to be able to work through those kinds of things. Those are important because we're yeah. all going to make mistakes. Oh, for sure. Okay, a couple other things. No keeping score. Once an argument starts and you're going, well, you did this. Well, that's nothing. You did this. There's nothing that's going to be accomplished. Correct. So you don't even need to go there. So arguing, keeping score, things like that don't need to happen. And then when things do get heated, how are you going to handle it? So Peggy and I both know that when you're in fight, flight, or freeze, well, there's fight, flight, freeze, and appease. Yes. You know, a lot of people go to appease because they don't like conflict at all. Right. They um, act like nothing's wrong. You know what? You know, I just don't want to fight about it. You know, forget it. I'm I'm wrong and you're right. You know, just go right into a piece. Or, or there's... Or there's the coddling the other person. There's, uh, oh, yo, and then I the, love you so much. And then there's uh, yes, all the, 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 the just doing yeah. all of those things to, to... Just to not have the conflict. Right. But when we're in fight, flight, or freeze, we don't get to say what we want to say. Right? So it takes up to 45 minutes to calm down. So if you need to take a break from a heated conversation... Take so, it. You know, take it. Take, go take a walk. Go get some air separate from each other and come back when you can both be calm because there's things you want to say that you cannot say in that state. You are never going to be honest with them or yourself when you are in that state. So take the time, take the time. And maybe that's tomorrow. And here's something else that I teach my clients. It's like, give yourself permission to not have to have the answer right now. If Mm -hmm. you are in fight, flight, or freeze, you can just say stop. And I often just put my hand up and say, you can say, stop. Mm-hmm. I'm not feeling comfortable right now. I need to leave. You don't necessarily have to explain what's going on. You don't have to have the words, just the self-awareness that say, wait, I can't, yes. I need to, I, this is not working for me, or I'm feeling very uncomfortable right now. You don't have to be in the conversation. If you need to step away and take care of yourself, you can just say, yeah. I'm doing this. We're tabling this for another time. Yeah. And that's okay. Yeah. And that's okay. But if you, if you talk about this stuff early, if you talk about all these things early, it's not going to be a surprise to anybody. It's going to be like, you're right. We just need to separate right now right. and not, and not fight. We don't need to argue. That's ridiculous. You know, emotional intelligence. Let's not be reactive. Right. We are grownups. If you have not learned how to not be reactive <laughs> and you are in adulthood, that's something you need to figure out. That's right. That is childish behavior, not adult behavior. Yeah, you need to grow yourself up. Yes, and always, like Peggy said, learn to take your part in it and apologize. Absolutely. And you know what? You never have to apologize for somebody else's part in it either. They need to be a grown-up and take on their... Well, let's talk about apology for a minute here, too. Just saying, I'm sorry because someone else feels bad is not okay. You have to actually own what you did. Yes. Like, I am so sorry. I, I, I was feeling defensive. I did say things that I shouldn't have said. And I, I'm really sorry about that. Can, you know, again, can or we yes, do I'm working over? to improve myself. I'm working be, to improve please myself. be patient with me. Yes. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm working on this. Yes. This has been years of habit and I'm trying to break it because I want a good relationship yeah. with you. You know how much yes. grace that gives a relationship. Oh, yes. 
so much grace you give to the other person and to yourself and that creates flexibility i've talked about that a couple of times today you know the flexibility in a relationship that it has to be able to expand to hold what's happening it has to be able to you know to open and to to and then to get really close and you know, I think that's that's such you give yourself a lot of grace in the other person when you do this for yourself. Right. When when you when you allow yourself to make mistakes, when you allow yourself and when you own it, when you you and then you apologize. Right. And you know, and that's just an opportunity for self improvement and growth. Yeah. When you can acknowledge what you've done was wrong. And I, I want to say, too, that you actually need to say it. You yes. need to actually say these words because I can see how, particularly with, with men, I haven't seen this with women, but with men where they think that, you know, just doing something, you know, bringing her favorite candy bar or yes. whatever is going to be it. No, no, she really needs mm-hmm. to hear those words. Well, yeah. And he does too. You're going to try hard not to not to make that mistake again. Right. Yeah, exactly. Or, or you're use planning that on changing yes. moving forward. Yes, and then bring the candy bar, right. the chocolate or the flowers right. or whatever. I always right. say don't don't bring flowers when you've had a fight. That that just always is going to every time you bring flowers it's always going to remind them of fighting. Right. <laughs> right. So, um yeah. But, um, yes, just taking responsibility, apologizing. Um, oh, and creating a safe place for someone to talk to you. Because, you know, we're talking about other people. But you know what? You're not perfect either. So you need to create a safe space and be understanding as well. The Part of the way you create safety is that you're honest. Yeah. You be authentic with where you're at and what's going on. And you create a safety for the other person. This is in any relationship. Yes. This is just yes. walking in a room. Oh, yes. I've seen this in conversations with yes. groups, you know, in group settings. You be authentic and it gives other people permission to do the same. Now, they may be uncomfortable with being authentic. Right. And that's a whole, you know, that's their own. They've got to deal with that. But when you are really honest, it, it helps. You, 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 you become a leader in that right. relationship. and. This is such a good segue to trust. Yeah. Oh, perfect. You know, I didn't I mean, even know that you was, know. was coming next. <laughs> good job. Thank you. <laughs> trust. Trust is so important, but this is where most of our baggage shows up. When people are like, I don't have baggage. Oh, but I have trust issues. Yeah. Like, Guess what? That's a big <laughs> yeah. old bag. Yeah. Trust is hard. And because we're human beings, you know, when we have a bad experience, Scientifically, it, it actually comes from our amygdala and hippocampus. Our hippocampus records... Which is the primal brain. Yes, records all our bad experiences. And it's a big file cabinet full of our bad experiences. For safety purposes. You know, it is. It does. It helps protect us. So um, trust is very, you know, a lack of trust, a breach of trust, people with trust issues, very, very, very um, common. Yes. It's very common. But couples who do not trust each other will never have a deep connection. You think about um, kind of like sleeping with one eye open. How much sleep do you really get? It's kind of the same thing. If you're always watching for your partner to do something wrong, to screw up, when are you going to ever see the good in them? Right. So you've got to take a step back. Yes. Self-awareness mm-hmm. and say, is this coming from this relationship yes. or is this a pattern I've had in my life from a 
former relationship maybe or even their with parents, a parent because that's siblings, the amygdala yes. the primal mm-hmm. brain it's formed when we are children yes. in our youth in our childhood early childhood right and so it so often is what overlays the rest of our life and so and it's i mean it's not fun i've been there it is not fun living your life like you say, with one eye open, always going, am I safe? Am I safe? Am I safe? Is somebody, yeah. am I, can I trust yeah. this person? Again? You know, it's not fun. And that is an invitation for your, for you to, to look at that and to heal some stuff from the past, you know, to go right. in and, and find somebody to help you, a coach, a therapist, you know, and, and work on that so that you're not bringing like, what was it you said? Your old crappy car yes, that you had before know, with the new car? Like I, an old relationship to I, the new I, one? I, I, my old beater car analogy I was telling her earlier. When you drive an old beater car that doesn't start all the time, like, you don't trust the car. You get it in the morning, you get out in the car, and you sit there and pray that it's going to be okay, right? right. You don't trust that this car is always going to start. Or you're under the hood, jumping the battery, or, you know, it's like, what today? What right. today, right? And then you get a brand new car, and you know what? You're like, I'm in a new car, and you start that thing up, and you trust that car, and you appreciate that car. So, but this doesn't happen in relationships, does it? No. It doesn't. We take that old trust, and we treat that new person like the old beater car. That's right. You know, and it's like, I, I, I don't trust you. You know, I'm waiting for you to screw up. There's no appreciation there. When really you should go into a new relationship with all this appreciation. Right. Because it's a new beginning. Yeah. So let me tie in the self-care into this piece because, because we, wanna, we want you to be able to actually do this. And the self-awareness is a part of self-care. And so that awareness that you're doing that is a big, big deal. That and then accepting that that's where you're at and going and giving yourself grace and going, okay, so this is what I'm looking at. I have an old beater car that's still really wired in my whole body. It's just, you know, my emotions, my psyche, everything. Okay, so what do I want to do with that? Because I have a great opportunity here with a beautiful brand new car and I don't want to turn it into the old beater car which actually can happen right you can turn your really great relationship into the bad that you've had in the past because that's what you're bringing to the table so that's your invitation to heal that self-awareness is the first step acceptance is a part of that too just giving yourself grace and just going, oh my gosh, here's where I'm right in this place. I need to do something with this because I really don't want to ruin this beautiful new car, this beautiful right. relationship. Well, and hopefully in your relationship, you're, you're, you know, if you've had bad relationships, you're picking better people. So if you've picked a better person, let them be a better person. Right. And don't spoil the relationship with the trust issues. Right. So did we say enough? Oh, the last thing I want to say about trust is make sure that you are trustworthy. It's the honesty. Absolutely. It's the honesty that Peggy was just talking about. You need to make sure you are trustworthy as well so that other person can trust you. Yes. You know, this needs to be mutual trust. This is a deep part of healthy relationships. You know, there are a lot of different facets in a relationship and I just have to say, I, you know, I think a lot of people have seen me as a very honest, authentic person. Yeah. But I'm telling you, I am still working on this. I am still working on becoming authentic in those little parts and those places where I want to kind of hide. Yeah. And I want to kind of go, oh, I should be this and I'm not, you know what yes. I mean? 
And I, um, I'm really grateful that I'm in a relationship where all of that honesty is welcome. And, um, so, so this is, uh, this is an ongoing journey. Being authentic, being honest with yourself. That's the first place you have to be honest because there's so much self dishonesty that can happen within ourselves. So that is an ongoing process. Right. You know, it really is. It really is because, you know, we do hide pieces and parts of ourselves and it's yeah, like, you know, afraid what? It's not this, be this is me. Yeah. And that's and very human. It is. And that's the thing. We are here having the human experience, Yeah, but we, we can rise above a lot of it if we're self-aware, just like Peggy said. Okay. Last one, affection and intimacy. So hopefully in a dating situation, affection does not turn into intimacy. <laughs> To, well, intimacy is different. Well, kinds I know of you're yes, talking about yes. sex. Yeah, we're talking about sex. I'm calling it intimacy. No, there's a lot of different ways to have intimacy that are not sexual, but affection in a relationship. So the relationship is the cake, and the affection or the intimacy, if you're married, is the frosting, and it's the sprinkles, and it's the cherry on top, right? So we all need that. I actually think it's the sugar and I think it's the ingredients too of the cake. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) I think, yeah, I think it's really for a lasting, beautiful, bonded relationship. You have to have intimacy. Yes. Yeah. And, and there's a lot of different ways intimacy can be killed in a relationship, but, um, all the things we're talking about help to build a foundation for intimacy. Oh, for in sure. In relationship. But, you know, physical intimacy and our affection, that is our good chemicals. That creates the magic. That yeah. creates the fireworks, the spark. And we all need that in our relationships. Yes. You know, that is, like I said, it's the frosting. You want that whole cake. You don't want plain cake. You want the frosting and the sprinkles and the decorations and all of it. Yeah, you know, this is a great place. Can I bring in my stories thing that I wanted to talk about? Of course, you know, I'm a theater person. I'm a film person. I love stories. Don't we all love stories? We do. We we just thrive on, okay, I am not a Hallmark story, you know, movie person, but I know a lot of people who are. We are just, we love the the stories, okay? We love the hero stories. We love the the stories of overcoming, you know? Yes. So what are the stories of your relationship? So, so I was just, I was just reading, I was reading, this came into my mind, I don't know, months ago, I just saw something where it was talking about this and I was fascinated with this, but it's like, we forget when you're in the beginning of your relationship, you've got these stories that you tell, you've got, oh, oh remember yes. we went to this and we had, oh, and it's just been so good. And he gave me flowers and you know, all yes. this stuff. And then kind of in the middle of the relationship, it can get lost those stories, but that's how we create and. and this is John Gottman's word, shared meaning or yes. phrase. Yeah. Yes. We create shared meaning through our, our stories and we need to, and those, that lack of, of having that shared meaning creates a loss of intimacy. Yes. So telling our stories with each of us as the developing characters all through the relationship is really important using metaphors, narratives, myths, visions, um, about the relationship. So, so I, I, I think the vision is a really important thing too. And this is something as you're dating, it's like, and you're starting to get more, more intimate, more close, you know, more yeah. like uh-huh. you're wanting to make more of a 
commit, be in a committed relationship, what's the vision you have right. for your future? Yes. What's the vision you have for your kids? What's the vision you have for, for yourself in the, for your couplehood? Yes. Right. And, and what are the myths that, that, that might be playing into it? What are like metaphors? There's some metaphor. Metaphors are a figure of speech. Right. So it's like, oh my gosh, she's so hot. Right. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I've fallen hook, line, and sinker, you know, with the sportsmanship metaphor. Yes. Or there's we're at a crossroads. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's all sorts of funny funny Uh, metaphors. You know, so so how can you create the yummy icing part of your relationship by bringing some of that, um, that stories into it, remembering those stories? Telling, well, you staying know, staying positive, right? You know? But mean, also keeping telling the stories, yes. you know, keeping bringing in, you know, and it maybe it doesn't just have to be about your relationship, but, but, but it's almost like dreaming. It's like allowing the dream to be alive in the present. See, this is why Peggy's a good partner. I'm all science, and you know, <laughs> she's all we need to dream together. What's our I dream? I am a dreamer. I am a dreamer. And that's such an important part of life. You know, no, it, it really is. And, and to do that together. Yeah, to do to all do that together. together. Yes. Create that. Create that as you can. And I mean, that's part of the beauty of, of having a long-term committed relationship is you get all kinds. If, if you are coming to the table with all of these things, if you're willing and you're moving in that direction, there's so much you could... I mean, think about it. You've got two people from different backgrounds. What could you create here? Yes. What kind of what kind of positive, uh, you know, um, life story can you create for yourself? Right. And if you bring that into your consciousness and you bring that into the relationship, I mean, that could be really fun. Right? Well, yeah. Well, and then it's just a way to connect. Just Absolutely. another way. I think that's one of the reasons I married my husband. Um, being so different was that we used to sit on his trampoline, his parents' trampoline, and look at the stars and yeah. and talk about our dreams together. And, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, I want the, you know, the blue house with the picket fence. And 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 we were we were big dreamers. And, and he was always sketching out our big dream home. And and, you know, look at what about this room here? And this is a nursery off the master bedroom and and the dreaming. And I think that really did connect us. Absolutely. Yeah. The, the, just have fun and be playful and do all the yummy stuff too. Yeah. Um, in the middle of all of this serious stuff, make it, make it, make it something you really want it to be. Yes. Yes. That's a perfect way to end this today. Thank you for your input, Peggy. Thank you, Sharon. And thanks you guys for listening. And we'll talk, you know, have a great holiday season. We're coming up yeah, on it, Christmas we, here. We pretty sure soon. Are. So we'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed today's episode and that it inspired you on your dating journey. Please share this with anyone you think might benefit from what you've heard today and click the button to follow us. You can reach either Sharon or I at datetoyourpotential.com. We work with people who are single or married. We want you to know you are not alone. We support you. We are in this with you.